This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders and is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30 as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 680 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of grow questions. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout-outs to a few of those great folks who support the show on Patreon. Let's start off with the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you shout-out to Jessica K. Let's send a thank you shout-out and a fist bump to Justin C., I want to send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Fiscal's Organics. Let's send a thank you shout out to Polo Paul. I want to send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Stash Drop 269. Let's send a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Jackie Daytona and Grow Man Stan. Let's send a big fist bump to Sam Heads. I want to send a special thank you shout out to my buddy Stoner Dave. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Kojax. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Grow Bandit. Then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, my buddy Gramps Memel. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen, and you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Of course, this is the part of the podcast where I do invite you to join the Discord server. I do have a Discord server. There's a link in the show notes and the video description. A lot of members of the Irie Army, the Grow From Your Heart crew, just a bunch of great folks who are interested in Irie Genetics, the Grow From Your Heart podcast, all things Rasta Jeff. They're hanging out on the Discord channel, and we do invite you to join the party. There's a link again in the show notes and the video description. Join us. Don't miss the party. That's all I've got for Discord today. Let's keep the opening quick. Let's get right to the point. You may notice I've got some cotton mouth on the microphone. I apologize if that's coming through the recording. I feel like my lips are clicking and sticking. I took some dabs of some concentrates. I have some The Machine live rosin that a Denver grower grew. They don't want to be talked about on the show. Uh, They kind of want to remain anonymous. But I've got a friend I gave some tester seeds of The Machine to uh, them. It's a couple. Uh, They got some seeds in Denver and they grew them. And I recently went to Denver to hang out and they dabbed me out with some. And I was like, I need some of that. And they're like, don't worry, here's a jar. They sent me home with a little jar of the machine. I took a dab of it. Ah, I've got this extreme cotton mouth. The first thing I noticed, I blew it out. I was like, I'm dehydrated. It was just like desert weed or something. As soon as I blew it out, my whole face, my mouth. Anyway, my point is I apologize for the, uh, the dehydrated sounds in the microphone here. If you were hearing that, I apologize. Also, uh, I apologize if I appear and uh, appear, that's the only word for it. If I appear 
uh, disheveled or stunned. That dab made me feel like, I don't know, it felt like I got the men in black fucking thing, the little zapper right to my eyes, and I forgot life. I forgot where I was. I forgot what I had to do. I was like sitting there dabbing before the show, reading stuff, and we'll talk about what I was reading here in just a second when I get done rambling. But I took that dab, and life just, everything just shut down. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, where I'm supposed to be. Uh, I feel a little uh, disheveled here <laughs> in front of all the lights with the camera. It was a lot to come to after taking that dab. So a uh, big shout out to my friend who does not want to be named. They do not want to be named. They're a lovely couple in Denver. That's all the info you need. That's probably too much already. But you guys did a wonderful job on the machine live rosin. They grew the plants. They harvested them. They fresh froze the plants. Then they turned those plants into uh, bubble hash, basically. Then they took the bubble hash and pressed that into rosin. So nice process happened there. Uh, the plants looked beautiful. The concentrates tasted amazing. Uh, I'm lit up from it, obviously. I'm still fucking rambling about it. Anyway, got major cotton mouth. I apologize if it comes through on the microphone. And I apologize if I seem stunned and confused because <clears throat> I fucking am. Shout out to those dabs. All right, I did mention I was reading some stuff. I did read an article where some police discovered 77 pounds of cannabis, and they tried to claim that it was worth... $2.5 million. I sat there for a couple of minutes with my calculator trying to figure out where all my profits are going. If cannabis is worth $2.5 million for 77 pounds, uh, we've been getting ripped off in Colorado. I tried to do the math on that. That has to be somewhere around $50 a gram if they are thinking that that weed was worth $2 million. Hey, Popo, the weed's not worth $50 a gram, no matter what level you break it down to. They try to say that street level, like, yeah, the street level's not going to sell a pound. They're going to sell grams. Grams are not 50 bucks, officer. If you're paying, well, yeah, officer, the grams are 50 bucks. You and Kyle keep paying that. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. The cops tried to say 77 pounds was worth $2 million. I did the math real quick, and I was like, I've been getting ripped off. Where is all of my money? The commercial industry in Colorado would thrive if weed was worth $2 million for 77 pounds. That would change a lot of things. All right, you guys, I told you I'm stoned and rambly. I just wanted to share you uh, with you that silly thing that I read on the internet there. That's what I was reading while I was dabbing. Welcome into Rasta Jeff's world. That was what was going on uh, just a few minutes ago before we got in front of these bright-ass lights and tried to do a show. I do have some messages here in front of me that I want to jump into. If not, I'm just going to continue to ramble aimlessly. So let's get to this message. Does this person want their name said on the show? First, you can shout me out. Call me Old Ball Coach. It's an awkward name, but what up, old ball coach? Thank you for joining the show. It says, I'm a, a second-time grower with a 25-year layoff. Uh, it sounds like you took a little bit of a break there. It says, I love the podcast and the YouTube. Let's get straight to the point. I like that because I need something to get me to some sort of a point today. It goes on. It says, does one of your strains show a better resistance to mildew, mold, and bud rot? I realize weather conditions can and will affect my plant. But if you had one that was a little more resilient, which plant would it be? Then they briefly explain their indoor project. Then they remind us that this will be a project for 2022. Then they wrap it up with love you here in Virginia. And we will definitely hug our mom for you. By the way, I prefer that 80s old school funk. Find it, grow it, let the people feel it. All right, that is perfect. I'm glad that you added that you like that old school funk because the strain recommendation I've got for you is an old school funky aroma. But before I get to making strain recommendations, let me give another big shout out to all of our friends in Virginia. I've been getting a lot of messages and friend requests from people in Virginia. 
And uh, welcome to the crew. It's been great to meet so many new people. Where'd you guys all come from? I had no idea there were that many cannabis enthusiasts in Virginia. You guys must have been keeping it real quiet. Welcome to the club. I'm glad to have you on the team. Glad to be a part of your team. Let's work together. But big shout out to Virginia. Uh, Let me talk about this strain recommendation, something I am noticing. It is fall time. It's harvest time as I'm recording this. Uh, Many people are in the process of harvesting. A lot of commercial outdoor grows have begun the outdoor harvest. Uh, If you've been watching the show, you know that I've got a, I had a greenhouse running. Most of those plants have come down. I've still got a couple out there. They're not quite done. Uh, We'll let them go until it gets a little bit colder. Then they're going to have to come down. But I do have a greenhouse project that is coming down at this time. I was fortunate. Uh, None of my plants got any major powdery mildew, botrytis, bud rot issues. We had a touch of powdery mildew appearing right before harvest time, but no bud rot, no bud mold no major issues. I was fortunate not to lose any of my plants, but I have had friends and have seen a lot of stories on social media and have heard a lot of stories about people losing their crop to bud rot and mold problems because of the crazy conditions we experienced this year. It was super hot for a long time. And then one night they went, guess what? I'm not going to be hot anymore. It's going to be stupid cold. And then we got a really cold night. And then it was like, oh, that was just a joke. Back to the hot days. And then it was like, oh, how about rain for three or four days? And then we're going to go back to really hot again. It's been really weird for a few, uh, a couple of fucking months here in Colorado. The weather has just been jumping around. It was hot, hot, hot. And then I guess nature had enough of that and wanted to just test out a few other things. And she threw it all at us. And it's starting to get cold already. I've had a hoodie on a couple of nights, a couple of evenings here. So the weather's changing rapidly. My point is a lot of people did get bud mold, bud rot. They had to throw away portions of their crop. Don't try to smoke that stuff. Don't sell that bud rot, bud moldy stuff to people. I've talked about that before. Have some ethics. Grow from your heart. Grow with love. Take good care of the people that are going to smoke your product. Uh, Just that way you're a reliable grower. You're not a piece of shit person. But um, the easiest way to prevent this is to have genetics that are more resilient and resistant to these types of problems especially if you know if you live in a climate where you're going to get bud rot, bud mold, stuff like that. If you grew this year and you had problems, you can expect those problems again next year. The problems aren't going to go away. The conditions will probably be the same unless you did something drastic to correct that environment. So let's talk about at least one or two of my strains I can recommend. I like to have a couple more than just one because when I do make this one recommendation, there's a good likelihood it will sell out quite quickly. So I've got a backup plan for you just in case. I do recommend the morning dew strain for an environment that is very susceptible to mold and mildew. If you know you're going to get those types of problems, the morning dew is a great strain to grow in that environment. It finishes in a decent amount of time. It should be done by the ninth week. You might want to let it finish that ninth week if your environment allows, but outside it does finish a little bit earlier. So by the end of eight, maybe nine weeks into flower, that plant should be done. It'll start turning beautiful colors. It stinks really well. And that is one of my, if not the most resistant plant to powdery mildew, to bud mold, and also to other bugs. I don't see a lot of bugs on that one. If we get bugs in the room, that's the last plant that ever shows me bug problems. So the morning dew has been the plant that I've been recommending to uh, like the people in Maine and Portland and places like that where they're getting a lot of humidity and powdery mildew issues. I recommend the morning dew. Another thing I'll really recommend for you guys in the same environment is the Sunkiss. Sunkiss is great. Uh, It's very mold resistant and it finishes kind of early and it's very potent and it has those delicious orange candy, orange creamsicle terps. Now, another thing this uh, viewer, this listener did mention, they love that old school 80s funk. Uh, That's really going to help out with the morning dew because that smells like skunky, 
funky old school weed. I'm from California. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not. That doesn't even matter. But I remember what old California weed smelled like is where I'm headed. And the morning dew's got some of that old California weed smell to it. I hear a lot of the older guys complain that we've kind of washed out some of those good smells and good aromas with all this cake and candy bullshit that we've made now in the strains. Sometimes I do agree. I miss that old California, just that skunk weed that my family used to get in California. That shit used to smell so good and it's hard to find now. Uh, I've got some stuff that uh, fills that void that fits that that genre, but it's not the same as it used to be, and we're all chasing it. Now, it looks like skunk is going to be the popular terp coming back. Things come and go in phases. For a while there, it was diesel and chemdog, and then as weed got legal and popular, uh, the strain that happened to be super popular in that realm and that time frame was, of course, the Girl Scout cookies. That strain was fucking super popular. Uh, right along that same time frame, we got the Gorilla Glue number four, uh, then after that, all of the uh, the cookie crosses that were real candy flavored, like the gelatos, the biscottis, all that sort of stuff started popping up. Uh, a lot of that is from the Cookie Co. They made a lot of that stuff popular. But then we started seeing a lot of garlicky shit. I love the garlicky shit. But I think the next thing that's coming or coming back is we're going to go back to that skunky shit. That's what people want again. Uh, maybe it's because the people my age are... Uh, we're able to afford it and it's legal. And now that the people might, we were smoking when we were teenagers, when it was popular now that, and everybody was smoking back then when it was popular. Now it's legal. We want that shit we smoked back in the day. So it's getting popular again. It's just like music, uh, just like clothing. That shit just seems to kind of the popular shit just cycles back around, comes back around. Um, yeah. So pretty soon what I'm getting at is I think that skunk will be the popular terp again. That's going to be the thing everybody's looking for. Uh, so to make a long story short, which it may be way too fucking late for that, the strain I would recommend for your outdoor environment where you're uh, going to face mold and mildew problems, the number one recommendation for that would be the morning dew. So check out some morning dew if that is not available. And if you're not into that skunky smell, your next option would be the sun kiss. All right. I want to thank my friend, old ball coach. Uh, that's, I can make so many bad, bad jokes about that, but I'm going to try to try to stay on track today. Uh, obviously, uh, I could go on a good ramble on that one. Let's keep me a little bit focused. Uh, thank you for the great message. If you do have any more questions, follow up. I'd love to hear back from you. All right, I've got another message here in front of me. This one, I don't think they wanted their name said because I did not copy the name down. I cut and pasted this and printed it out. And your name did not come along with this, so I apologize if you wanted a shout out on the show. It says, what's up, Rasta Jeff? I have some seeds from front. From a very well-known breeder. Words are hard today, you guys. I apologize. That dab has got me wrecked still. Uh, I enjoy it. I like it. I hope you can keep up with me. It goes on. It says, I have some seeds from a very well-known breeder, and they are light in color. I've grown your seeds, and these don't come close to the same color. Um, yeah, some seeds will come out very dark. Some seeds come out kind of a light gray, silvery color. That's not uncommon. But some seeds that are not all the way done will also be light in color. So I would have to see a picture of the seeds to have a, a real opinion of these seeds. But it says, uh, my question is, what are the chances of getting a viable plant if they even germinate? Uh, thanks for all you do, man. I am much more a much more confident grower due to your podcast. So much great info. Well, that's a great compliment, uh, hearing that you are a more confident grower because of the show. That means a lot to me. Building confidence is a good thing. But let me stick to the point here. Um, the only way to find out if those seeds are going to germinate is to attempt to germinate them. And the question is, if they germinate, will they even give you a viable plant? Yes. If they do germinate and a stem comes out or a tail comes out, a root comes out and you start building a plant out of that. 
yes, that is a viable plant that will be a good plant. Um, the customers, the clientele, the people purchasing the seeds, they do prefer the big beefy seeds with all the coloration, all the tiger striping or fancy designs on them. So those are what most of the customers get in a retail environment. I grow a lot of those ugly seeds that you guys would complain about that I'd probably get an email from somebody if I sent them to you. I grow those a lot of the time and they make amazing plants. They're the same as the seeds you got with all the other color. They just don't look as good. I put them in another pile. They are B or C graded seeds. Uh, sometimes I give B and C grade seeds out to my friends. Just here you go. You want some seeds? Take them, bro, because I can't sell these to the customers because they will email me and tell me that I sold them shit seeds before they even tried to grow them. So the only way to find out if those are good is to germinate them. And if they pop for you and if a tail comes out, those are good seeds. And sometimes uh, they just don't make dark colors. Something else I've noticed, if you take a seed that has got a lot of stripes and a lot of colors on it, and you lick your fingers and get your fingers good and moist and roll that seed around in your fingers, sometimes that coloration and that pigment will come right off of that seed. So I don't know how important those stripes are. Uh, they let me know when my seeds are ready, when I'm breeding, when I'm making the seeds. They let me select seeds for you, but it's not a 100% determination on the quality of the seed. The way to find out, like I keep saying, germinate that seed, grow it, see what it does for you. If you really wanna get scientific about it, Make a documentation of maybe number your seeds one through 10 and then germinate them and always keep that number attached to that seed. This was seed number one, seed number two. And then when you plant them, make notes of this was the really pale seed or this seed was darker, this seed was really soft. Make notes and then see how they grow. Did that pale shitty looking seed turn out to be one of your best plants because you never know. It just might work out that way. It's hard to predict and it's hard to guess. If it does germinate and it turns into a viable plant, then yes, it was a good seed. As long as it germinated and turned into a plant, then let's see what it does from there. That's that's kind of the fun and the uh, the guess game and the surprise and the, uh, the magic of growing cannabis. I love seeing what that seed will hold. You never know what is going to come from a seed. Sometimes you could grow complete crap. You could grow a bunch of hemp that you've got to throw away, or maybe you just found the next famous strain that's going to help everybody with a certain ailment. Maybe everybody with cancer smokes your strain and they feel like they can fly. Wouldn't it be amazing to find a strain that made everybody with cancer feel better? So that's the magic of growing from seed. You get to find out that I just grow crap or am I growing magic that's going to make a, a difference on the planet, a difference for people, a difference for the community, a difference for the whole reputation of cannabis, maybe a difference for science. Maybe they find your strain and they go, man, that thing's got a cannabinoid or a terpene in there or a combo of those things with esters and paleates that we've never seen. And when people smoke it, they actually fucking levitate. Maybe you found something amazing in there or maybe you got a crap seed that you got to throw away. But that's part of the gamble. That's part of the fun. Uh, that's part of the passion with seeds. That's why I love growing from seed. You never know what's going to come out of there. Um, you have an idea. I hope you have an idea, especially when you're running my seeds. I, I think that my seeds are quite predictable, but uh, there, there's variation in that. Variation is what I love. Those outliers that you discover, those anomalies, those mutants, those freak shows, those weirdos that come out of the, the pack that everything looked like this and it had this certain shape, this certain color, this certain aroma, and then there was this one, just this one, and that's the one that's always so amazing to find. So don't throw away those seeds. Grow them. Don't discredit them already. Uh, maybe I should say don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a seed by its shell. But uh, grow it out, take good note, and then remember that, and then uh, 
decide your future moves with that breeder based on your experience with those seeds. But please don't judge that breeder or his product or your future purchases from that breeder and future interactions based on seeds you have not germinated yet. Because what if you grow them and they are fire? What if you talk shit about these seeds because they don't look good? You go on a forum and you're like, Breeder 5000 sold me. Sorry, Breeder 5000, if you're real. I just made up a name. <laughs> Breeder 5000 sold me some seeds and they're all pale colored and they look like shit and you don't grow them. But what if five other people grow them and they're like, dude, Breeder 5000 sold me the most amazing seeds ever. Then you're the asshole. So you got to grow them. You got to figure out if they're good or if they're not. Big shout out to Breeder 5000. All right. Uh, I think that covers that one right there. Uh, they don't look close to the same color. Are there chances of getting a viable plant if they germinate? Uh, if they germinate, you've got a viable plant. In my eye, once they pop and a little tail starts coming out and it's growing, that's a viable plant. It's up to you to keep it alive and bring it to fruition and finish it. So yeah, that, that's the way to find out. The bottom line, grow it. See what it does. All right. Thank you for the great message. I do apologize. If you wanted a shout out, I did not copy down your name. Uh, I kind of feel bad for that. If you want a shout out, send me a message and say, hey, you read my uh, email on the show and you did not give me a shout out. And I'll make sure to give you a special shout out. One of these parts of the show, like right here, I'll just be like, big shout out to my friend who I forgot your name. Yeah, we'll do that for you. All right. You guys, that dab is not wearing off. It is still cooking. I got the dab sweats going on. I don't know if you could see it. I got the ADD and the rambles. Highly recommended. 10 out of 10 would do it again. All right. I've got another message here in front of me. This one comes from B Bala. What up, B Bala? We've been uh, corresponding a little bit on the Patreon. Uh, good supporter. I see a lot of your comments on the YouTube. By the way, people ask why I don't respond to a lot of the YouTube comments. I try not to see the YouTube comments because that's where all of the garbage is. Uh, I've noticed that my Discord is all positivity and love. Patreon is all positivity and love because, of course, you pay a couple of bucks to be there. YouTube is where the negative comments reside. And so I, I just dodge that. That's the best way to not see some bullshit, not get sucked in, not get dragged down. Just avoid the shit. And if I don't go scrolling, looking for trouble, I don't find it because uh, I could be in a totally good mood and then scroll across some shitty ass YouTube comment that some troll left and it could change my attitude. And I don't need to give anybody, especially some anonymous fucking troll behind a keyboard, they don't need that power to change my day. So I kind of avoid the YouTube comments. If I'm super bored or uh, I actually get email notifications sometimes when I don't check those for very often, YouTube's like, hey, you have a lot of comments you should read. Then I'll go give it a scan, but I try and I try to stay out of there. So if you're sending me messages and questions and stuff on YouTube, that's why I haven't replied to them. I do apologize, but I have seen B-Bala leaving comments on almost every episode. Big up and much respect for that. Let me get myself back on track. Let me find some sort of a point to this madness, and we will read your question. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, how's it going? I'm doing good, bro. I'm stoned to shit and smoke some machine dabs, and uh, I am the machine, I guess. It says, I had a question for you. I was wondering if you could give me advice on supporting buds toward the end of flowering. You should always support your buds. If they need your love, support, if they just need someone to talk to, if they're having problems at home, problems at work, problems with their girlfriend, always be there for your buds. That's very important. Then it also says, I'm at, toward the end of flowering. I'm about to set up an 8x8 tent, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to support these buds. You guys know I'm joking, right? You know that he's trying to figure out how to support his tall nuggets, his colas, his buds. All right. It says, I use a trellis net, but I don't like how it limits my ability to enter the tent unless I'm crouched down. I'm six foot four, so that's not really an option, bro. I know that option. Trust me. Then it says, uh, thanks, bro. I love your show. Keep up the good work because I learn so much. That means a lot to me. I love knowing that people are learning a lot from the podcast. So let's talk about a couple of options 
to uh, help you keep these buds upright. Our friend's growing some plants, and if he has the success he expects, he's going to have some tall nuggets. He's in a tent, so he doesn't have a lot of workspace. Uh, most of the time, I would recommend a trellis setting in a 5x5 tent. They sell a perfect 5x5 net. It fits beautifully in the tent, but I understand it is a pain in the ass to work around that trellis. Um, part of me wants to say, we're not there for comfort. We're not there for a party. That is a grow space. Optimize it for the plants. Put up the trellis and adjust. Sometimes I'll set up a trellis in a 5x5 tent and honestly get down on my hands and knees and do the part below the net. Uh, do any work that needs to be done down there. Uh, defoliating, lollipopping. That's probably done before the net went up. But get down on my hands and knees. Do all that work. Pull the leaves out of the pots. Anything that fell. Um, anything that needs to be done. I'll just get on my hands and knees and do it. It's work. It's not... I'm not in there to watch cartoons and have a good time and smoke bowls and take dabs. That's after work. I'm in there doing work. So uh, it doesn't bother me to get on my hands and knees and do some work. Edit that however you'd like. Make fun of me for that one. There's a lot of opportunity there. But it doesn't bother me to get dirty, get in there, crouch down, get sweaty, hurt my back, hurt my neck, hurt my knees, get some work done. That's what work is to me. Then when I'm done with that, I'll go take dabs and not be crouched down and enjoy it. It's only an hour at the most. It's a five by five tent. You're not going to be on your knees for more than an hour or two in there, crouched down, getting shit done. Then get a five gallon bucket or a drum stool is what I use and do everything above the net while you're sitting down comfortably. That'll make up for it. So that is my first, my first uh, answer is to just suck it up, do the net, crouch down. If you're six foot four from the edge of that tent, if you're on your knees, you can reach the center and you can reach, if you can walk around uh, just the two or three sides that unzip, you can reach everything inside of that tent. I've got a five by five. I'm six foot five. I've got a six foot wingspan here. We can reach all the way into that tent. So um, the first, yeah, I, I hate to tell you, but just suck it up and crouch down and do it, bro. That is the easiest way to do it. I use two, maybe three layers of trellis netting. I'll use the first layer to spread them out. Then the second layer to kind of guide them and give them a uh, spread, just show the buds which way to go. Direction is the word I'm looking for. Then the third one is actually to support the, the colas. That's to hold all those big buds. So I'll do three trellises in there. And you're right. At that point, the plants are stuck. You can't move them. If you want to work with them, you're crawling on your hands and knees to get in there, but it's work. It's not, I keep saying that it's work. It's not, we're not in there to have a good time. Work hurts. Work sucks. Work is dirty. Uh, work is work. That's why we have play when we're done. That's why you get paid for it. That's why there are rewards. That's why there's a difference. So um, I'm sure you understand that part, but part of me is just saying, suck it up, bro. Crawl down on your hands and knees and get in there. My next option is have you considered adding an auto watering system? If you've got that trellis in place, uh, put the auto watering system in there, put the trellis in place. Then you don't have to crawl around to water. You don't have to do as much work on your hands and knees. Uh, if you've got the auto watering system, I can press a button. It turns on a pump. That pump tells the water to go. The water goes. I watch the plants. Uh, or put it on a timer, and I know that it spits out this many gallons per minute. My plants are getting that much water. Let it run. I don't even have to get on my hands and knees and get down there. As long as all those watering emitters worked, everything went well, uh, that's less crawling around to do. So that is another option. I would say set up the trellis nets and do an auto watering system. That's a little bit of work up front, but that saves you so much work on the back end. Uh, small investment, a couple of hours, that'll save you so much work in the long run, so much climbing around, uh, so much time on your hands and knees. Also, if you have to go out of town for a couple of days or maybe uh, you got company and she can't know you got to grow in the morning and you're like, oh shit, the lights are on. I really need to go water those plants. You could just relax because that auto watering system came on right at the same time as the lights and it watered for you. She has no idea you got to grow. So uh, that auto watering system could come in advantageous. Then if you don't want to do that, because I understand that you're trying to get away from the net, the next option is sticks. 
those bamboo sticks or those green plastic sticks that they sell at most grow shops, those are always ideal for supporting the buds. You can stick a stick in the soil or the medium, the cocoa, whatever you're working, it'll stick up. You could put it at an angle and then just affix your bud with either. Uh, I like to use the little fuzzy sticks. They're like pipe cleaners. They're really affordable. They sell a lot of different options, a lot of different things at the grow store, just like a, a rubber coated wire or just a wire or a bread tie, a twisty tie, anything you can just affix and attach those colas to that stick with would work. So just kind of move it the way you want it and just wrap it right up kind of low, go lower than you need to with the zip tie and don't go too tight. Don't choke the bud. Don't choke the stem. Just just give it a, a little seat belt. Just attach it to that stick. Um, then you can put as many sticks as you want in there and spread that plant out the way that you need it and shape it the way you want it by using those sticks. That's really helpful. One thing I'm going to mention, those sticks are fucking dangerous. Uh, make sure you protect your eyes. Maybe put something on the end of the sticks. Put a little duct tape flag so you remember it's there. Put a little ball of duct tape on it so that when you lean down to water your pots, you don't get that stick in your eye. I've done it. I've seen it happen. Luckily, you'll be leaning down and you'll see that stick just as it enters your eye. And you'll go, shit, a stick, but your body is already moving, but you'll trigger up and it'll just touch your eyeball. Mine, when I did it, it just touched my eye and I jumped up like, oh shit, it touched my eye. Probably should have gone to the doctor because there's probably some pesticides or some bullshit on there, but I'm a stubborn guy and I thought, I got to keep working. I just kept doing my shit. But be very, very careful of those sticks if you do use them especially the green sticks because they blend in with your plants. You don't even fucking see them. You forget they're there. You get busy. You'll poke yourself in the eye. That's why I prefer the trellis. But the sticks keep the plants independent. They allow you to work a little bit better. I get it. So the sticks are always there. Another great option is tomato cages. You can buy a tomato cage uh, at most of your uh, big or small hardware stores, especially around the grow season. If your local hardware store or local nursery or garden supply store doesn't have them, you can always order them on Amazon. They'll show up at the front door. Uh, tomato cages are very useful. They're just a circle, a wire circle with three or four, uh, what is it, horizontal, vertical posts to keep them together. So your circles are horizontal. You got three or four vertical posts to stick those into the dirt. They taper. They get bigger at the top and skinnier at the bottom. I've seen people do it both ways. I've seen them flipped over and have the skinnier ring up top, and I've seen people with the bigger ring up top. I prefer the big ring up top because then I can spread the plant out, and I've got a big circle that I can use the bread ties or the zip ties. I can pull my plant out and attach it to the outside ring of that tomato cage, and then my top is going up right up the middle. My outer buds are all spread out, big, nice, bushy plant. I usually do a seven-gallon pot with a tomato cage, uh, top the plant twice, get it huge and bushy. Uh, I like to fit about four of those under a thousand watt light. That's always a fun game. So my three recommendations would be to stick with that trellis and just learn to work around it, which I know isn't ideal. And it sucks having some dude tell you just suck it up and work around it and hurt your back occasionally. But that's what I would do. That is what I do. I'm six foot five. I definitely feel your struggle. I hit my head on lights all the time. I bonk my head on shit. Uh, I got these big dreadlocks in the way. It's awkward working around things, maneuvering in, but it's work. That's what we're getting paid for. Uh, you got to put some some blood, sweat, and tears into that shit. But if that's not an option, I totally understand. I'm not going to tell you to get in there and break your back if you don't want to. That's when I would recommend either sticks or tomato cages. Uh, both are cost effective. Both keep the plants independent. It's where the plants are movable. And then also uh, you can get in there and work with them because you don't have to crawl around under that trellis. Although I do think you'll find great results with the trellis once you get comfortable with it. Uh, I've had my best harvest weights, uh, best potency, most uh, impressive grows have always been things that I've trellised out.
All right, B-Ball, I hope I gave you some useful advice. I know I started off by telling you just to suck it up and crawl in there and do some work. Uh, that's that's honestly my, my straight-up answer. That's what I would tell anybody at the grow If Somebody was like, but boss, I have to crawl down there. I'd be like, well, you're on the clock. You fucking crawl down there, buddy. What are we paying you for? Uh, I would do it too. I wouldn't just tell somebody to do some shit that I wouldn't do. That's how I do it. So uh, I hope I answered your question. I hope I gave you some useful advice here. Um, if you want to send me some pictures, ask me more questions, I do love follow-ups. And once again, thank you for the great message. Anybody else out there, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know I would love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Don't be shy. Go ahead and send me your questions, corrections, comments, concerns, your feedback. Don't worry about my ego. I can take it. Let me know what you think of the show. Maybe I'll make some corrections or adjustments. Maybe I'll just keep doing my thing. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, and you'd like to support the show financially, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And again, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description. And of course, don't forget to join the Discord server. If you didn't write down those links, if you weren't paying attention, don't worry, because all of that info is on my website at irigenetics.com. That's right, iregenetics.com. All things iregenetics, all things grow from your heart, all things Rasta Jeff are right there at iregenetics.com. I do encourage you to check out the website. All of the updates will be right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 680 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. You know I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy, the Boondock Saint. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Oh, 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 oh,